The Witchuation Room is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Hello there, welcome to The Witchuation Room. We are reading The Witcher series by Andrzej Sapkowski. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Alex Sparkman. And today we're reading Eternal Flame, the third story of Sword of Destiny, the second book, we think, of the Witcher series. <laughs> Previously, our titular Witcher is having a rough week. He's staying in a shitty town full of shitty people fighting shitty monsters. Just not the sort of life a Witcher might hope for. To make matters worse, he's pretty sure his wizard girlfriend is wizard cheating on him with some wizard asshole. So. After some stewing, he decides there's only one thing to do. Challenge the wizard to a fight to the death. But then the time comes to get to it, and he finds that he's really not in the mood anymore. Instead, he just leaves. You know, sometimes there's not an epic fight. Sometimes the witcher just leaves. <laughs> that <laughs> That's the moral great. of that story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Eternal Flame. Geralt is in Novigrad, and he runs quickly into Dandelion. I, I love it because he's just like walking through the streets, and he hears someone being like elaborately cursed out, right? And, you know, he, he hears a sound that he recognizes specifically as a jar of preserves being hurled in anger because apparently that's one of Yennefer's go-to moves. Red flag, get out, Carol, whatever. Yeah. But, but he hears this cursing and he's intrigued, so he goes to investigate it and it is none other than his bestie. Yeah, it's Dandelion, of course. Yeah. Carol just, he likes trouble. That's what I'm starting to think. He just goes to, he doesn't always want to get involved, but he at least wants to be around, right? Yeah. Yeah. And honestly... His whole thing for this most of this story is that he just bought a brand new jacket and he really likes it. He's so proud of his jacket. Yeah. He, he should be running away from the sound of jars of preserves smashing onto the street, right? <laughs> I mean, what's the point of wearing a fancy jacket if you can't take it for a test run, right? <laughs> so Dandelion is being kicked out of his lover's house for cheating on her or whatever, because Dandelion is like a sociopath or something. Yeah, it's actually kind of funny. Dandelion doesn't seem that upset about the whole thing. Uh, he's just waiting long enough for her to throw his loot out so he can leave. <laughs> yeah. This is just how relationships end for Dandelion. Yeah. So they head to a tavern for drinks, and they meet up with a halfling merchant, Dainty Bibbenvelt. I think it's funny because they're, they're going for drinks, and they realize that neither of them has any money. And so Dandelion's like, all right, is there anyone around that I've heard of? You. <laughs> You're <laughs> yeah. buying us uh, food and drinks. <laughs> Isn't that a very hobbity name? A dainty Bibbenvelt? Yeah. yeah. I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's a good halfling name. Uh, and Dainty Bibbenvelt is not super interested in buying them uh, beer, both because Dandelion is uh, a walking problem, and also because Dainty Bibbenvelt walks in the door, and there's two of them. Yep. Yep. Uh, very upset at their Dainty. Yeah, it, 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 this thing is a shapeshifter that uh, knocked out the original Dainty Bibbenvelt and took all of the money. And his horses. And his horses, and sold all his horses. Yeah, so the Dainty that they've been drinking with uh, grows spider legs and nicks for the door. I was like, whoa. <laughs> what like, is happening? Cronenberg kind of situation here. not yeah. where I thought the story was going to go. Yeah. I was like, has the Witcher already like drunk some of his crazy potions and <laughs> seen shit? Yeah. So yeah, uh, Geralt figures this is probably a Witcher thing to deal with, right? Yeah, he chases him down. It sounds like he's not going to do anything until it runs away, and then he chases it. It's like a, he's like a dog, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like his instincts if, go. If it runs, he chases it. Because he spends that most of his time saying, like, well, I don't really hunt these guys because they're not aggressive. They don't, they don't, they don't attack people. Yeah. Know? Or maybe they just attack merchants, and who cares, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he, he hits it with some silver chains, which cause it to 
I guess, lose its shape-shifting powers. Yeah, it starts. It turns into a weird, melty, ugly thing. Called yeah. Doodoo. <laughs> Called Doodoo. Yeah. Uh, Doodoo to his friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but, Doodoo confesses to, or, or, or confesses to the crime, basically, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he talks about, uh, Geralt does, the way these half, these Dopplers, or Vexlings, or whatever they're called, they, they don't just copy the materials of the clothing that the person that they're copying has, but they copy their thoughts, too. So and like, their fucking souls. Yeah, they, they're, they're everything about them, like their personality, everything. That's actually pretty cool. I thought that was a pretty cool idea. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Makes yeah. him really difficult to suss out too, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can't, you can't just ask him questions. He has all the memories or whatever. Later, yeah. Later on, it copies Geralt and, and it has his memories. And, uh, but then it escapes. But the, the crew, which is now Geralt and Dandelion and Dainty, they, they figure they have to uh, cover up his existence. They can't just go to the cops. Right. Because this is, Novigrad is like a, a Nazi city or something yeah. that, that will be out to, out to kill any, any non-humans. But I think it's interesting that that uh, this the Doppler he didn't just spend all of the guy's money he invested it in various goods and yeah, apparently he's, he's generated huge trades. profit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the tax collector shows up and says, "You owe us a lot of money now." <laughs> <laughs> it's like money on what? <laughs> it's like the huge amount of money that you made. Mm-hmm. You tell. <laughs> so then Geralt and Dainty and Dandelion discuss this while hanging out at a fountain. And Dainty wants to just get the money because it seems like the Doppler has made a huge amount of money with these, these, this really aggressive trade. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dainty is on the hook for the taxes for it, too, when suddenly they are surrounded by evil eternal fire thugs, which is a church uh, that is very powerful in Novigrad. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's based on the, 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 em- the emperor or something like that. The eternal flame is a, is it? a thing, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, but they're carrying these things called lamias, which I guess is like a... A barbed whip. Yeah, I think that's what yeah. it is. It's yeah, a, Geralt is even concerned about this thing. It's an effective weapon against uh, unarmed people. Yeah. Which I guess is who these people are planning to fight. Uh, these guys are really scary. Um, they, they kind of surround them and say, you know, get the hell out of Novigrad and also don't tell anybody about that shapeshifter because that would make us look bad if there was a shapeshifter hanging out in town. It's mm-hmm. blasphemy, because the eternal flame protects everyone from demons. Yeah, so. to even to suggest that that could be here is blasphemy. It's yeah. impossible, so we would kill you for it. And then their leader kind of asks Geralt to track down the shapeshifter. Yeah, how, hypothetically, how much would, would you charge to hunt a hypothetical creature in another hypothetical city? But not this one, because those creatures don't come here. Yeah, and Geralt tells him his price is fuck off ducats. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah he doesn't like this guy, and uh, I, I love their exchange. This is, this is um, something I keep seeing Geralt do in these situations where people try and like threaten him. Is he, he has these like really subtle exchanges where he doesn't threaten, but he says, if you're threatening me, this is going to be a problem. Do you want this to be a problem? You know, like in, in so many words, right? Yeah. And uh, I, th- I think it, uh, I think it's kind of interesting the way he's, how, how good he is at having this conversation. Yeah, I guess he's had it a lot. He's had it a lot, yeah. I, and we've seen him do it three times in the, you know, just in the stories we've read, I think. Yeah. And then another merchant shows up and informs them that uh, Dainty, the fake Dainty, has made a killing on one of those trades. Uh, and it's because of weird, uh, like, events in other another kingdom that have occurred. Some political turmoil. Yeah. There's a particular material that the price spiked because of a coup, essentially. Yeah. And Dainty decides to go see his banker. Vim they... Vivaldi. <laughs> which is a great name. Yeah, it's pretty good. I actually like that name. A dwarven banker. 
uh, and they find out that uh, yet another of Dainty, the fake Dainty's trades have gone really, really well because of information, political information that they didn't have access to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I actually, I actually kind of like this bank. There's a kind of they're like, oh, we're in a bank. Where's all the money? And they're like, you know, there's no money here. Because, <laughs> yeah. of course, that's not the way that business works, right? Yeah, but Geralt and Dandelion don't know that. No. Like, like Dandelion is like, I, I, I looked in the basement. It's not there. Where's the money? Yeah. There's a bunch of people writing on pieces of paper. And that's, that's fantasy banks, I guess, you know? Yeah. Uh, orders, while they're there, constantly come in from the fake dainty of, of various, for various trades. Because it's out there wheeling and dealing. And it's really confusing because the real dainty is trying to give orders for his trades also. But uh, they, they, they can't figure out exactly what's going on. And like the fake dainty has this political knowledge of what's going on in foreign kingdoms that seems to have attracted Chappelle's notice. Chappelle is the head of the Eternal Fire that mm-hmm. was messing around with them. Right. Uh, and, but Chappelle's been acting funny too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah they, I think they mentioned ever since his last bout of apoplexy or whatever. Yeah, he seemed nicer somehow. Like yeah. Different. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Uh, but Dainty does ask Vim Vivaldi for a rundown of all the things that he's been up to. He's like, just pretend hypothetically that I have no idea what the fuck's been happening for the last three days. <laughs> Tell me what's been going on, you know? And it's it's a it's an interesting story, you know? Just like all these deals, all this you know miraculous timing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's it's a, a funny conversation because in the midst of this conversation, people keep running in with <laughs> orders from Dainty. Yeah. yeah. The fake Dainty is making more money than the real Dainty ever did. Yeah. But then they get some news that the fake Dainty has been spotted in the market. So time and, to go pay this Dainty a visit. Yeah, they go head off to deal with them. And uh, in the, the market, which is really chaotic, like all of, all of the characters are there, right? Dandelion's lover is there and, and the Eternal Fire guys are there. Uh, they find Dainty and they they dress him down. Yeah. Uh, Geralt tries to scare him off, but he refuses. So, Dudu, I can't believe the guy's name is Dudu. Well, that's not. He, that's only one of his many names. He, yeah, what, he's got a lot of names. His, his the name they start using is Telerico something or another. Yeah, yeah. That's a really long name that none of them Tel- ever put any effort into learning. <laughs> Telico Lungrevink Latort. Yeah. That one. And he gives. And he's also called Penbrook or something like that. Yeah. Uh, or or Doodoo to his close friends. Yeah, right. So everybody just calls him Doodoo. Yeah. Uh, he runs off and Geralt chases him down again. And after Geralt corners him, he copies Geralt for a little while and also copies Dandelion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I love that when he copies Geralt, Geralt's first thought is, wow, is that what I look like? <laughs> like, <laughs> damn, Geralt, you've really let yourself go. You know, he's like, like, yeah, the guy smiles at him with Geralt's face and Geralt's like, whoa, whoa is that what it looks like when I smile? smile. Oh, That's man. Okay, wow. So, so yeah, he, he has like a, lot. a moment of like existential self-loathing, I guess. You know? uh-huh. Yeah. And he's also sad because he tore his jacket. Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. he it's tore true. his jacket during the chase. The jacket he jacket. just bought. He just spent all his money on it. Yeah. And I wonder if the, if Dudu had a torn jacket also. He, he must have, right? He yeah. copies him perfectly. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then, the, uh, but Dudu, when he is Geralt, he has Geralt's memories, so he knows that Geralt's not going to kill him. Yeah, it's funny because Geralt's like, you can't beat me because if you've read my mind, you know that I'm, you know, I'm a stone cold killer. And Dudu's like, actually, you're a stone cold softy, my friend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he just, just turns into dandelion and leaves. Mm-hmm. But Dudu also lets him know that this is just, he's just trying to survive, right? Yeah. This is, this is a, a recurring theme in these Witcher books, right? That, that he's a creature of the bogs and the fens, but the, the human world has... Encroached. Yeah, has encroached. He can't live in the wilderness anymore. 
And he talks about how one time he was chased down by a wolf pack and he turned into a wolf and lived with them for a season. And now he's just doing the same thing with humans. Like, how, what, who is Geralt to say he can't do what he has to do to survive? Mm-hmm. And Geralt agrees with it. I mean, like, this is the kind of thing that, like, like, when he talks about the difference between monsters and, you know, other creatures, it's about intelligence and about intent. And, yeah, this guy's right. not a monster, right? Yeah, Geralt was never going to yeah. kill this guy. Like, no. this guy, like, he got a few of Geralt's thoughts and he's like, oh, this guy is going to eat up a sob story. <laughs> <laughs> and, it do- and he does. Mm-hmm. It works. Geralt, yeah, Geralt lets him leave. Geralt lets him walk off, but then everybody shows up at the same time. Yeah, simultaneously. A, a proper farcical plot. Yeah, so Dudu, posing as Dandelion, walks out the back of the tent and gets smacked in the face by Vespula yeah. with, a copper, with a copper frying pan. That, that's why you don't mimic Dandelion. Yeah, Dandelion, like, you think, oh man, that guy's got it great. You know, he's got the charm, he's got the, the talent. But no, he's got a lot of jilted lovers. Yeah. A lot of people trying to hit Dandelion with a firing pan. A lot of debts to be paid of all kinds. Yeah. Uh, and the, the real Dandelion shows up, and so does Dainty, and so does Chappelle, the, the scary leader of the Eternal Fire. This exchange at first was confusing to me, because mm-hmm. he, he says something like, um, well, like, did anyone see him, and he's there alone, and Carol's like, no, I don't think so, you know? But it then eventually comes out that Chappelle is also, He's a, also Doppler. a Doppler. Yeah. Yeah. And has been so so Chappelle has been a Doppler for several months. Yeah, and I, I think that's where the trades came from, because Chappelle is the spy master. Oh. So he knows all this stuff before anybody else does. Oh, and he's so like feeding it, information. Yeah, he's to been it. passing information on to Doodoo. Oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And they kind of resolve it all. Dainty realizes that this guy, you know, has access to this information, a better trader than he is, and so he, he says, you can just be my, my cousin, who my, looks just like me. My factotum in Novigrad, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, and we'll all get super rich. And, yeah, we'll yeah. all get rich together, yeah. So Dainty's happy, right? All he cares about is money. You know, those halflings. Yeah, right. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, Dudu and Chappelle are happy, and Geralt's happy because he didn't have to kill anybody. And Dandelion's just always happy. Yeah. So they're all like, "Hey, also, well, it ends well. Let's go to the let's go to the whorehouse." <laughs> and so they do. That's what they do. <laughs> the end. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's how that story came together. I, I actually, this one was 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 a little bit more comical to me. I, I thought this was pretty funny. It yeah. was. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed there, it. Yeah, there were funny bits in this one. Yeah. Uh, I, I did like where Carol's like, "Well, wait, how many other Dopplers are there?" And they're like, "Well, you know." Don't worry about it. Yeah, no. <laughs> not important. Does it matter? <laughs> no. Then uh, don't worry about it. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, this, this one was kind of fun from a world building perspective because you get all of these senses of like what's happening in the world and like the way the way things run here. And you know, I thought that was kind of fun. Not as much action. Uh, was there even a fight? I'm trying to think. Uh, I guess it was just Geralt uh, chasing down Dudu a couple times and also ripping his jacket. And Ves- Vespula oh, trying that's to right. attack oh, yes. Dandelion. Yeah. yeah, successfully uh, attacking Dudu. Yeah, I, I can see why uh, Dandelion was attracted to her because she has a lot. She doesn't insult him the same way at, at all. She's yeah. said two times, you know? Yeah, like, like, even from the beginning, her. Her curses were elaborate, eloquent, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, she's, she's a, a, she's a right. different kind of poet, you know? <laughs> right. A poet of invective. Yeah. But, uh, what, yeah, what, what did you think of this story? Uh, I thought it was boring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah like, not, not a fan? Yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of funny, but also Geralt didn't have any uh, anything to do in it. He just showed up and watched other people having an, uh, a mild adventure. So I, was Dandelion, actually. Neither of them had anything to do. Yeah, I mean, Dainty was just kind of 
dealing like like really the whole story was Geralt and Dandelion following Dainty around as he tried to resolve his like life being pulled apart. Yeah, they, they're <laughs> kind of like, well, why don't we tell the the town guard? And, and Dainty's like, no, don't do that. And they're like, okay. <laughs> so they don't. So they don't. And it sounds like in Novigrad, the town guards are not people that you want necessarily to get involved with. Mm-hmm. The, the corruption and the, you know, torture and so on. Yeah, I get, I mean, okay, I'm going to get really prescriptive about this. I think this kind of story, this like adventure story where like your character comes into a situation and, and explores the world by seeing, by getting involved in this thing that's not really about him. Mm-hmm. This really mostly works if the character, the main character has some influence on the outcome. Like the, your Conan story, your Mad Max story works when it's clear that this story would have turned out differently and worse if not for the main character showing up and doing something about it. I mean, I think that you could argue that that's true of this, right? Like, like Geralt is there to, um, you know, act as a barrier, is there to help people get out of things. I don't mean, you know, like, he does, he does work, right? Like, a bit. Yeah, but in a Conan story, there's usually some bit where, like, the, the, the good guy is about to be killed by the evil wizard or whatever, and the evil wizard is like, ha ha ha, you've, my plan has totally worked, and now I'm gonna kill you and take over your kingdom or whatever, and then Conan chops his head off, and like, the wizard's like, oh, as his head flies to the air, I didn't expect Conan to chop my head off. <laughs> like, this is his, his oh, raw, the raw physicality of the, the, the barbarian that isn't spoiled by our civilized ways has, has thrown my plans into chaos. Mm. Or whatever. That's, yeah. that's what they say in Conan. <laughs> As his head is flying through the air. The, the interesting bit of that is that the, the, the element of Conan is this external element that, that changes things for the better, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't happen in this story. That's yeah, I suppose thought. not. Yeah. I feel like it was missing a piece. Yeah, I could see that. I can see that. But it, it, but it is more of a comedy than anything else. Like, by definition, right? I guess this is like a comedy. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. a farce. It was good. Yeah. yeah, agreed. So that's it for this episode. Next episode, we are going to read the fourth story in this book, which is called A Little Sacrifice. And we'll find out if that's a little sacrifice or just, just a little sacrifice. You know? Yeah, a little sacrifice. <laughs> I am Jeff Lake. You can find me at jefflake.info. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Mike Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club. We love hearing from you. Please share us with anybody you think might like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please find out how you can give us your dollars at armadillo.club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. That's, that's the, the situation. situation.